0: Welcome listeners, it's the 58th instalment of the Fantasy Football Surgery Podcast. Coming to you for our 58th instalment on Game Week 34 on the 18th of April 2017. We are up the pod. I am welcoming back the editor, the Iceman. Thank you, Billy, and welcome back yourself. Thank you very much, sir. Have you had a good week?
1: It's not been the greatest FPL point of view, but we can get to that when you come to my team. But you had loads of Easter eggs, yes? (laughs) Oh yes, loads of Easter eggs were eaten. In fact, I'm never eating again.
0: And then lots of caffeine as
1: well. Yes, always got a monster
0: in me. Too too much caffeine. And uh, we're very, very lucky once again to have another top guest from the Twitter community. Now, when I use metaphors in FPL, usually I talk about shooting myself in the foot. This guy threw the baby out of the bathwater, welcoming all the way from New Zealand once again. It's Alex, as some of you may know by Twitter handle, Alex Waterbaby. Welcome.
2: Hello, gentlemen. How are you? welcome Alex
0: welcome Alex yeah really good to have you joining us our second New Zealander on the pod just tell us a bit about your involvement with FPL and kind of how you got involved and why you love it why you loathe it
2: I've been playing for a long time started in 07 08 and uh yeah just just been addicted ever since I think coming to New Zealand and sort of kept me in touch with the uh, with the UK a little bit more when I moved out so um, I have always sort of set uh, the overall rank as being my main goal I've obviously enjoy mini leagues, but sort of managed to be quite successful with my overall rank and sort of keep, keep that in the top hundred K. So, or top 60 K. So that's, that's always been my goal. That's, that's always how I've played the game rather than worrying about mini leagues and, and all out attack. uh, sorry, and head to heads. Um, More recently, I've, probably the last three or four years I've been involved with the fantasy football 24 seven community and I've yeah. uh, run the community team over there with a couple of other gentlemen and also done a few articles for Fantasy football geek as well. So um, yeah, that's, that's been it. But certainly this, this last season, especially I've really, really uh, sort of gone to Twitter and that's been a, a, a massive source of, of information for, uh, for sort of pushing me forwards as a, you know, getting information for, for, for the game. So Yeah, feel free to to follow and I'll try and help.
0: Yeah, some some great responses to some of our questions so far. And I know there's a lot later, Iceman, for us to be getting through. First of all, then, chaps, let's go through our, our game week performances over the weekend. Iceman, in true fashion, I'm going to come to you first of all. How did you get on?
1: Well, I'm going to make this really quick. I only scored 45, which was one below the average. I had Ebra that came and gave me a nice zero points. I captain Deguero and he got me 12 points. What did I make the transfer to bring in Davis? So he got me a nice six points. Alonso uh, got injured in the warm up or he was ill. He was ill actually. So he never actually participated. So yeah, not a great game week for me. Down to 40k overall. So I'm not, I've not dipped too much, which is pretty lucky considering how bad it was.
0: So, yeah, but betting on Ibra this week didn't come off you. Mourinho shocking us all uh, with that one. Great performance by Rashford, though. And what a result for United. Alex, how did you fare?
2: Um, I did a little better than uh, than the Iceman. I got 63 points this week, pretty much saved purely by my Spurs asset. So I brought in Kane for Ebra and captained him. So that was a nice 24. And then Ali, 6 and Son, 10. Sanchez came to the party and Lukaku uh, helped, but then pretty lucky because everyone else did nothing Zaha too has a two defense mustered six points between them so uh yeah thankful for uh for Spurs doing what they did otherwise it wouldn't have been so good that sort of pushed me up to uh, around 64k so getting up to where I'd want to be this season
0: excellent okay yeah fairly decent score well above um getting well well above the average so did you move up from that
2: yeah that was a that was a green arrow from what was other week before 72 up to 64
0: nicely done well I was kind of uh, I was splitting the two of you because I got 53 points this week that kept me um I did get a red arrow but I I didn't fall too badly I'm just below uh, I'm 23970 at the moment so pleased with that for the time being um Good rank my my attacking well my strike force came up trumps. Lukaku was my captain, Aguero and Benteke all scored. Had Ali in midfield. Uh, Nathaniel Klein came in tr- came in well with uh, six points for me. But the the big one that I got a bit jammy with was Robert Hoof coming so off my bench with Alonso uh, going ill at the last minute. Hoof scoring that goal for Leicester um, and actually Hoof since I've um, brought him into my team has done pretty decent. A couple of sixes and eight now. So actually after the Iceman berating me for picking him. <laughs> Um, off there, not on I should add um, He's actually turned out to be a bit of a bit of a diamond So very, very happy with that But 53 points So we're quite close together chaps um, Let's have a look at our Fancy Football Surgery Mini League Similar faces in the top 10 In 10th place we've got our previous guest uh, Ian Houghton, well Patrick Houghton is his team With Biggles Wingmen up into 10th from 11th So he forced his way up this week In 9th place we've got Stag in with Tor Kalleberg uh, eighth place, we've got Mika in uh, with FC Halo moving up. We've got Hart Dan Flakes, Tom Copping in seventh. Banana Nose Maldonado is in sixth with Matthew Greco. Anticlante United Andreas Alanda is in fifth. Uh, Kingings Min's Darren Anthony Hoy is in fourth. In third place, we've got Abdullah Al Mamoun. So I just want to make an, a public apology and I'll own this, Abdullah. I've been saying that your team name is, is in Arabic for the last few weeks and it is, in fact, in Bangladesh. That's complete. I suppose cultural um, cultural ignorance on my part. So I do apologise <laughs> to you for that, Abdullah. And if anybody else I've offended by saying the name wrongly, I do apologise. I am told that his team name is actually the Unemployed Eleven, so very creative and uh, flying in the leagues. But an apology to you there. In uh, second place, we've got Paulus Amelius, Paul Hageland with sixty-one points this week, and then the Bricklayers Eleven still up top with Anders FK with 68 so a decent score.
1: Yeah, it looks like he did what most did and bring in Kane and captain him which was looks like the best option for this week which I kind of regret not doing in the end of it's just you've taken out Ebra Alex and are you thinking about bringing him in now though?
2: I'm 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 hating this decision now. I mean the yeah. the argument the the option had always the the thinking had always been Kane would be in for the rest of the season, so I was happy with that. And then it would either be Sanchez or Lukaku out. So Sanchez going and then upgrading Barnes to Ibra or Lukaku to Ibra this week. But now, you know, if I had him, I would just play him and captain him and hope for the best. Whereas now it's like you've got a decision. Yeah, it's difficult. Exactly, yeah. It's a a horror. Or, or, you know, I've seen a couple of people on Twitter saying that they're just going to go without now, you know. And look at either Benteke or or one of the other options and, and just... Not worry because you look at uh Manu's fiction, I'm sure we'll come onto this or so we'll bring it up then, but I mean they've got a lot of games to play.
1: Yeah, no, it's very true. We'll come on to it though, uh when we get to it. Just a, a quick shout out to our April top of the month so far, is Justin Dye with Blaze United. He scored eighty one points this week and uh, he also did the same, bringing Kane and captain him. Sometimes it's just worth doing the most obvious thing.
2: But it's easy to say. I mean, this is the problem with us FPL FPL managers. We overthink things. I mean, I was really worried. Is he going to play fifty-five minutes? You know, and and then you sort of was it worth it? You you take out Lukaku, who could have scored, or someone else, or yeah. you know, it's a tricky one.
0: Hindsight, yeah, yeah, exactly okay chaps so um some decent performances this week we ran a poll at the end of last week and the question we we posed to you all was whether to keep or ditch sanchez 58 percent of the 206 voters said keep 42 ditch and it turned out to be a decent uh, a decent choice and i think actually moving forward um if arsenal are to reform themselves a little bit not a bad
1: shout with them playing leicester next so yeah, no, I think uh well I've I've kept him but I think we should come into more of the Sanchez discussion when we get to Arsenal's game, but I can see why people kept him, I kept him and he, he managed to come good just.
0: Yeah, just about. And I think actually moving forward if Arsenal are to put a late run toward the top four, he'll be the man that's implementing it all and very much behind it, so we'll see how that goes. Um Okay, so we've got uh, 10 fixtures to talk about for the, well, um, probably more than that with the double game week coming up. The three teams that are posing the most interest are Middlesbrough, Man United and Crystal Palace for this coming week. So that's going to form a lot of our thinking, I think. Starting off, chaps, we've got Bournemouth versus Middlesbrough. So one of the double game week teams. I just want to say a word on a Middlesbrough player here that I think is probably... In splitting the thinking in terms of the strike force for the next uh, the next few games. And that's Alvaro Negredo. Now, he's been on and off all season. He actually has scored the most bonus points of any Middlesbrough player, so he's got 15 this season, um, which actually I think in, in a team that struggles to score is not bad at all. We got 30 in the bonus point system over the weekend, so he did pretty decent there. He's I looked at the strike rate in the league. It's probably one in three at the moment. So given he's going to be playing two games, you've got... Kind of a an average chance of him scoring there. It, it's an interesting one because he's only six point two million, and he is absolutely a differential. And against the likes of Bournemouth, and then later on in the week Sunderland at home, I don't think it's an out there too bad a punt if you're trying to play catch up and move up. I'd be interested to see what the two of you think of that.
2: Um, I, I was actually chatting to the general FPL general about Negredo earlier, and he made a he made a good point because I, I looked through his looked back through his his stats and. He has two goals in the last three, which is obviously obviously great. But then before that, it was only one goal since game week seventeen. So I was very anti the idea of going near him. But the general pointed out that a lot of that was under Karanka, who was a very defensive coach. Whereas since Agnew's come in, they've certainly looked a little bit more attacking. He's got two goals in the last three. Obviously, shots he's had nineteen shots over the last six. Um, four. Yeah, six games, <laughs> and he's got and he's had. Now are you having a look at the same as well yeah. and shots on target a seven um he's also attempted three assists so oh, he's he's at 6.2 million i mean he's he the, the great thing about borough is of all the, the double game week teams we're going to talk about they have by far and away the best picture and and as much to play for as anyone else you know they're fighting for their their uh, premier league lives so um i i don't think it's a bad shout at all i guess For me, it's where it fits into your team. So if you've got, say, an Andy Carroll and you can do a straight swap for Negredo, you've already got Ibra on board, why not? Why not punt on doing that? Especially, and I think this is something that is going to affect a lot of people, is if you've still got your wild card and you're planning on playing that in, sort of probably 35, 36 seems to be the general consensus for most people. Then going for, um, say two, three panty players in this double game week, I, I don't think can hit at all.
1: Yeah, I think it's a good shout. If you look at uh, great, a good stat which Sid at Fancy Pest provided for me uh, over Twitter, he said uh, in the last two games against these oppositions against Bournemouth and against Sunderland, he made three assists in the two matches. So it looks like you know there are points up for grabs here and with those stats, I think he's he's a good option here. FPL General did say he was looking forward to the pod and he said, yeah, Negredo discuss and so uh, there are people want looking at him. We also had Roger Booth saying, "Guys, I'm considering buying and captaining Negredo. Is he mad?" Well. I don't think he is. I think it's worth a shout. I mean, playing um, Sunderland at home and Bournemouth away, I suppose Bournemouth away, if they were playing them at home, it would be uh, more of a better option. But Sunderland, you know, they are the worst team in the league. And, yeah, as as you mentioned, Alex, they are getting more attractive now that has gone. So I think it's worth a good punt. Yeah, so, Chaps, I mean, I suppose Negredo
0: is one train of thought for Middlesbrough. Is there anyone else, Alex, that you would see Middlesbrough offering value over the next two games?
2: I think I think it's got to be the defence hasn't it really they they've got um yeah. They've got some very cheap players. And again, they do look pretty solid. Gibson has been mentioned for a, for a few weeks now. Five million appears to be the same uh, safe route. He's he's not going to get uh, rested or rotated. Valdez obviously getting injured. We need to monitor that. I, I checked just before. And unless anything's coming out, come out immediately. I've, there's no sort of further news on whether he'll be back. Guzan at 4.2 could be a sneaky option if he's going to play uh, come in and you've got your wild card up your sleeve and, and can move him out after that. Um, my pick at the minute and the one that I think i'll likely bring in this week will be friend i, I this all depends on fabio's injury but assuming it's going to keep him out for a, a couple of weeks then i think friend is at 4.2 million he's got some attacking threats to him um and was a, a favorite at the start of the season's got injured and then you know has been in and out of the team i think he'll be back in as long as fabio's injury is going to keep him out for sort of two or three weeks which you know when you go off from a non-contact injury like Fabio did after 10 minutes, you would think that that's probably going to be more serious than, than just a a knock. So it's it's a knee um,
1: injury that one, I think, Um, I think Fabio, Yeah, I think Valdez is a knee injury. Uh, It's just consistent. I think that's what um, Ben was reporting. I know that Agnew did say uh, a return this weekend for Valdez. He said, I literally have no idea. It happened yesterday. We'll have to assess it. So keep following at Ben Dinnery on Twitter and that will keep you updated with the news on Valdez on that one.
2: The the only other player I would... Possibly punt for, and again, it purely depends on your team structure. Would be um, Darun in the midfield. He's 4.4 million. I watched him quite closely against the Arsenal game, in the Arsenal game, because I, I, he actually was a player that could have possibly come into my team. And he, he looks all right. He actually scored a goal that was offside. But he was always there or thereabouts with Negredo. Now, he was rested the game before Arsenal. So so it is a bit of a risk to be bringing him in because we've got no idea what, whether he'll be playing next week. But he seems to be pretty safely in there. And at 4.4 million, if you've got your all-out attack chip left um, and you were, say, downgrading Sanchez to a cheapie to bring in um, Ibra up front and go back to a 3-4-3 formation then you could do worse than than Darun at 4.4 because I think he, he's got a couple of goals in him this season.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good shout. I mean, he's actually been sat on my bench uh, for much of the season. I've been able to profit off him a couple of times, actually, much to the Iceman's dismay. But I, I'm going to field him for this week because I think, like you say, he does get forward with the attack. You have the, the potential for him to get a clean sheet bonus as well and they all add up those points. So, yeah, very very cheap sort of fifth fifth midfield option. I definitely think you raise a good point about the all-out attack card. If ever there's going to be a time to play it, this week wouldn't be a
1: bad shout. Ice man. Uh, yeah, I, I don't see why not. It depends who you've got on your team, though, really. I mean, like a lot of people are looking at Gibson from Barra. We had Mike, at Mike underscore Jeskey is just saying, anyone beyond Gibson from Barra? So, looking at the defence, like, like you say, again, uh, Friend is probably a good option now that Fabio... It's just, I always think there's a small amount of risk that Fabio is going to come back and then displace Friend, but... I think I we've know. just
2: got to yeah monitor that injury, don't we? I mean, if, yeah. if the injury says he's out for... For, for three weeks or something, then it's a it's a punt. I'd be happy to take.
1: Yeah, but uh, I mean, there's another option in Barrigan. He's played the last five, but, so he, he's only four point four.
2: Isn't Barrigan the central defender? And and there's talk that uh,
1: Chambers Chambers will be back might before. be that. Yeah, he's not injured. He's but only he's, four point three. It's difficult. You can't really put yeah. full faith in people here. I mean. Um, Absolutely. Gibson's definitely in the nailed one he's probably the most likely to get a goal or attacking returns as well I suppose Friend going forward he's got likely assists at 4.2 I don't know if anyone would like to punt on Ayala though. I know he he scored a lot of goals last year he's only one percent picked I don't know if anyone is game for that I, I wouldn't risk it myself but there might be some people punting on him playing the last three I don't know if Chambers will get directly in the team, but there's always a chance that one of these players is going to lose a place to Chambers for one of the games. So yeah, we we'll would be worried. I think you only nailed one. Is is Gibson there?
0: I think it, yeah, it's a fair point personally because this is a decision I'm making with my second transfer that I'm going to take this week. And ultimately, at this point in the season, I look at Middlesbrough's position. They need. They need. You know. A win in every game basically if they're going to stay up gibson's been their leader all season he's related to the chairman i think um i would almost rather pay a little bit extra for him to guarantee him playing twice than, than punt on the others but that's just my my personal feeling
1: yeah and i do think that um like alex said now that crank has gone uh, the defense is Probably not as shored up as it was, so they may lose a few goals because they are trying to attack now. So keep that in mind if you are thinking about bringing in Borough players, because I don't think I'm going to bring any in.
0: Interesting, Okay,
1: Um, I just want to add a word on this about uh, Bournemouth's
0: chances in this game and, uh, and Josh King, who will still likely be in a lot of people's sides. It may be someone that you're swapping out for someone like Zaha or Townsend this week, but just the word on his fixtures coming up. He does have Middlesbrough, but then he's got Sunderland away and Stoke at home. So if you've already used your wild card or you're not going to do it for a couple of weeks, he may not be someone to bin straight away because that's some promising fixtures. And I don't take a 4-0 loss um, away at Spurs as an indication that he's suddenly off form because they are the, the team on fire in the league at the moment. So I'm not necessarily rushing to take him out. I'm actually more drawn to subbing out. Siggy, or transferring out Siggy this week than I am Josh King. Do you chaps have any views on that?
2: Yeah, I I'd, I'd completely agree with that. I mean, funnily enough, I've actually been, the, the wildcard team that I sort of drafted up the other week had King coming in, because beyond what you've just said, it's Borough, Sunderland, Stoke, Burnley, Leicester, all the way to the end of the season, and I could see him scoring in every single one of those games I mean he's got eight goals in his last 11 game weeks and at 6 million you, you know he's a he's a he's a real good player to have especially if you've got five in your midfield. I guess the big thing of course is he doesn't have any double game weeks and that, uh, that that's a bit of a a bit of a a bit of a downer but as we've learned in the past you know sometimes you just got to stick with the players that have got form and have got fixtures and not worry about the fact that they don't have a double game week.
1: Yeah, I would totally agree with that, and I would also say that um, he might be worth keeping to the end. I have uh, looked at a wild card, and if you do try and get in all the good players from all the good teams for game week 36 and game week 37, which are both double game weeks as well, it's difficult to get in every single player as a double game week player. So he might be one of these players which is worth playing. And for this particular fixture against Middlesbrough, I'd probably start him.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. It depends how you feel about uh, Borough's defence on the road. Obviously, we're playing up all their defenders, and now sort of backing a striking option. But I guess if we're covering all bases, he's still, you know, at home. I don't think he's a bad option at this point.
1: Yeah, I, I, I didn't back Borough defender. Finally,
0: <laughs> I heard the word Ayala come out of your mouth, and that's uh, <laughs> only for attacking defence. <laughs> Right, Okay. so given that the the questions this week have been mainly about the double game week, let's cover the, the other teams involved first. We've covered Middlesbrough versus Bournemouth and Sunderland there. Man United are the next team up. Now... Pulling off a fantastic victory against Chelsea two nil, I did not see that coming. With Chelsea's defense weakening a little bit in recent weeks, some others may. But they've got two interesting ties here. They've got Burnley away, which is interesting because given how good Burnley are at home, and they've got Man City away as well, and they're not shy of uh, shy of goal scoring at the moment. So it's not as clear cut for me for Man United as it as it could be. Alex, do you? I mean, who do you like for United in this double game week?
2: Oh. the... They are the the real tricky uh, team I mean, first off, just looking at their fixtures, so they've got the Europa Cup tie, then they've got, three days later they've got the Premier League tie against Burnley, then it's Four days later, three days later, they've got another Premier League tie against City. Then uh, two days later, they play Swansea. A week later, they play Arsenal. And you just sort of look at the congestion there and it just screams rotation, especially through these. Now, of course, the big thing to just think about, I know we're going slightly further on, is that if you look at it in blocks, they actually they play Swansea um, on the, uh, the 30th, um, which is just after the City game. Now, that's potentially a, a great tie for Mourinho to rest or rotate. But if you've got your Man United players, you're going to want them playing against a Swansea team three days later. So if you're looking at it in a three-week block before you wildcard, they actually become a really tr- a tricky team to invest in. That said, we're all going to be going there, I'm sure of it. So from a defensive point of view, I really like um, Bailey. I th- Bailey? Am I going mad? What, how do you pronounce it? Bay. <laughs> Baye, that's it. Yeah. Baye. I really like Baye. I think he seems especially with the the injuries to uh Jones and Smallings, he seems locked at the back. His last four weeks the points have been eight, four, six and six. So he's he's on a really good run. He looks very solid at the back there. I really liked the way he played against Costa. I thought he he really sort of played very well against him. Beyond that, um, I mean, the big probably talking point would be uh, going straight up front would be uh, would be Ebra. What are we going to do with Ebra? I've, I've got a real concern that there'll be a rotation risk over the next two games, uh, especially with Andelect, which I suspect Mourinho will really want to go out and win. So I can see him starting there. So does that mean he gets rested against Burnley? Especially as well, because Rashford played so well against Chelsea. I mean, you've already touched on it, Bully. They, 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 I didn't yeah. see that victory coming, and certainly not in the manner that it did. So you could argue that does Rashford now deserve uh, a start um, or, or another start in that central role, as opposed to being out wide? Um, He probably won't. I suspect against the type of play that City will put up, they will want Ibra playing and against Burnley where they're going to be sitting back and not allowing, you know, and allowing Man United to come at them. Having a player that is as good as Ibra to be up there will probably be what they uh, will probably be what they're wanting to do. Personally, I think I'll be looking at getting Ebra in and captaining him just purely because of the fear factor uh, of not I think if you're a if you're a braver manager that's quite happy to punt, then I I really think going without Ebra might be just as just as rewarding because of course for me to get Ebra in, I've got to lose a big hitter and that's going to be the same for a lot of people. In the situation, if you've already got him, I'd certainly be holding.
1: Yeah, um, I I agree with that, mate. It's uh, it's difficult when sometimes you've just got to play the game rather than try and do it as a football pundit. He's going to be highly owned. He's going to be the most captained, I believe. So not doing it will make you fall behind if he does score well. Obviously, if if he doesn't score well and you don't bring him in, then yeah, you'll be blowing a sigh of relief there, but. I I can just see him starting these two games. I think that in a way, uh, Jose was kind of looking for a different excuse to play Rashford, and he kind of found it in starting Lingard and Rashford up up top. I know you said he played well, but he only got one shot on target. I don't think he lit up the world. And Ebra is their top goal scorer. I just don't think he's going to. You may rest him against Burnley. I just can't see it, and he definitely won't do it against City, where he has to win. Really, like you know, uh, Jose's going to want to get one over on Pep. So I think he's going to play, but I don't. I don't truly know. But I think that's what's going to happen.
0: It's, it's interesting. I think just to develop the argument against this, I'm not suggesting you don't pick Ibra, but I think it depends who you're going to bring him in for because. The question is, will he play both games and will he outscore the other top strikers? Because at that price, you're going to have to lose a big hitter. So Lukaku's got West Ham away. Now, we know West Ham have been garbage at home this season, so potentially there's goals there for him. Tottenham are scoring against anyone and everyone at the moment. They've got Palace away. And I think with Palace being a bit Jekyll and Hyde, again, there could be goals for Harry there. Costa's is at home against Southampton. I don't believe that Chelsea are going to be that bad twice. Uh, and then Aguero, of course, at home against Man United, and he's been ticking over nicely. So my only argument, chaps, would be, is Ibra going to have enough game time to outscore those other big hitters if you potentially captain them over this double game week? Iceman, what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah. See, I, I kind of, I see that, and I, I think he will, but there's potential for him not to. But I can, I kind of look at over the next three weeks because I've still got my wild card, so I'm, I'm trying to look over the next two game weeks. So yeah. next three games for him, and I can see him scoring more in those three games against Burnley, yeah. City, and and uh, Swansea, and Lukaku is going to against West Ham, and I've forgotten who the other team is let me just get that. Chelsea up. yeah West Ham Chelsea. and Chelsea so in my eyes those three games I can see Ibra scoring more than Lukaku is against those two teams so I think it's kind of a given I think that you've got to hit the highest ceiling you've got to see what the highest ceiling is and go for it in FPL I mean so there's a certain amount of safety you can play and I think Ebra's a must
2: the only the only caveat I would I would throw into your your point there Man, and, and I I I do definitely agree with you, and, and I personally think that'll be the move I, I do. Especially when you look at Lukaku's away form is is not a patch on his, his home form. So obviously the the good t- the good game he's having is against West Ham is is away, which you know lowers the ceiling slightly because he doesn't play as well away from Goodison. And then the home game is at is is against probably arguably one of the best defenses in the league. Even though they've been conceding, they're not conceding many goals and certainly not many chances. The argument would be that if Ebra is going to be rested, he's going to be rested against Burnley. So that's giving you Man City. Now, Man City, that's probably going to, it could quite easily be a tight game. So effectively, you're bringing in for uh, a potential of just just the Man City game. So that's arguably not a great, great game to bring him into. But I do also, when I step back and look at it, I think bigger picture, we're all going to, probably want Ibra in because I think the potential he's only got to play say 50 minutes or comes on for a half against City or sorry against Burnley and then you've got you know two and a half games he plays worst case scenario so yeah I'm I'm thinking certainly leaning towards Ibra being uh being
0: coming into the team yeah I think that's a good good discussion around Manchester United boys so that, I suppose that brings me on then to other players that you want to be looking at from United and having a look at some of the stats and I've got to say Ander Herrera's um, a little bit more in my thinking now in the last few weeks he's becoming perhaps as consistent starting for, for Jose as the likes of Pogba still only 6.3 million picked up all the bonus points against Chelsea over the weekend so in the bonus point system 41 which is a solid score actually. In terms of where he made up those points, so how he contributes overall, eight clearances on the day, a number of blocks, number of interceptions as well, completed 74% of his 43 attempted passes, and two of them led to goal-scoring chances. So he's not just the holding midfielder for them. He does get forward, and I remember watching him when he used to play for Bill Bow, and he really was the complete kind of box-to-box midfielder there. I really like him as an option if you're looking to swap out someone like Siggy for this game week.
1: I totally agree, mate. I think that uh, if you look at it, I looked at the comparison of stats between him and Pogba over the last four and he's had six goal attempts. Pogba's only had four and he actually beats him overall for stats attacking and uh, just overall involvement stats as well. Like He, he gets more touches than Pogba. Um, his total passes are higher so it just shows that he yeah he can be a good option i know people are looking at it thinking uh, oh maybe people are just bringing him in because he scored in the last game but he has potential and he has taken a corner so uh, <laughs> i reckon he, he could be worth it
0: and alex how do you feel about him um
2: I wasn't overly keen on him, I've got to say. I mean, the stats that Iceman's just read off certainly certainly are, uh, are interesting me. Personally, I, and just watching the game, I mean, his pass for Rashford's goal was absolutely superb. His goal was pretty fortunate, but hey, you've got to be in that position to to have the fortune. So he's in the box and he's he's having a shot. Um, on, on that note, I think if I was going to punt, and again, I'm only doing this for the fact it's a double game work and I'd be wildcarding him out again pretty shortly, I may look at Jesse Lingard. Now, hear me out because his game time is terrible. Just looking at the way he played on Saturday, he was right up there with Rashford. Um, he didn't get a huge amount of shots and his, his stats aren't brilliant. He has had 12 shots over the last, over the last three, uh, five games, four game weeks, get there in the end. And he has attempted eight assists. So he's definitely there or thereabouts, but he's a massive gamble. He's a, he's a real punt because minutes played, he, he very rarely gets beyond the 60, 70 minutes. Point two, but he's only 5.6. So you're getting into a, a potential Man United at- attacker for 5.6 million. You, you're just, it's just a punt. You know? yeah. But it's, if you've got that, that cheap role or that cheap position... He's not a bad effort to go for for the double
1: game. Like. I, th- I think that any United midfielder is going to be a punt no matter what you're saying because they're ne- never consistent point scorers. I mean, Herrera, Herrera I think he's, he's one of these players as well and Lingard. The, the two players which you could probably bring in for this double game may maybe risk for the uh, Swansea game as well. Then if you've got your wild card, get him straight out. He's not necessarily one of these players you're going to bring in if you've already used your wild card. probably steer clear if you have. Yeah, yeah that's a good point.
0: Well, having said that chaps he has started um five of the last five united games and that was following that long-term contract he's got so it feels like the club have invested in him so i think just for in terms of potential to play you're right minute for minute not great but again if you want a player that's going to play perhaps more likely than than somebody some of the others in man united midfield so i don't think it's that bad a shout
1: hmm. i'm just gonna move us to the defense of united again Uh, Looking at um, United uh, four clean sheets in the last six Premier League away games and they've only conceded two goals in that, the back four, if you're looking at the likes of Bailey, if you're looking at the likes of Bailly, (laughs) you you started me now Alex, if you're looking at the likes of, of Bailly, or um, Rojo. Uh, I think they're the two nailed. Obviously, if you've got Valencia, I'd probably keep him. I wouldn't necessarily move now because he could play two. Because Jose, they, he did say he can't play all the games. But Jose likes to play these mind games and like uh, people not know what he's going to do with his teams. Because... Valencia has played two games in a row so if Mourinho is saying he can't play all the games and he plays two games in a row he might just be saying that just as mind games just to throw something out there I don't know, he's a crazy character but I would say that United defence if you're going for the likes of De Gea as well the only risk that De Gea was dropped recently, I'm not sure if that was due to contractual reasons or something to do with him uh, wanting to move away or anything, I reckon if he's going to start next to, which I think he is he could be uh, another go-to Instead of Valdez, who's uh, yeah, injured, and you don't know if he's going to play next year.
0: Yeah, the guy is an interesting one. I think if it hadn't been for that contract situation and the sudden spike of interest from in Real Madrid, um, he would possibly be nailed on for a lot of people. The question is, though, you know, with Jose's mindset around players, like the situation with Shaw at the moment, you're not never quite certain on those things when there's transfer issues. Yeah, Alex, any other yeah, thoughts?
2: No, no, I, th- I think they've mostly been covered. The only other one, and I'd be interested to see your thoughts on this, Darmian at five million, started the last two. Interesting for me because he could be the guy that could potentially play left or right back. So if, if Valencia is that rotation risk we're talking about, he could potentially cover there. But then he could also drift across and, and play at, uh, at left back. But then, of course, you've got the, the, the worry that Shaw's going to come in and do something. So, yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a minefield, that. That back line, isn't it? Uh, it really is. I, I think I, if if I was going for a player from the back i I'd, I'd be going for Bayi, um, or Bailey, depending on how you want to say it. For um, for five point four million, I think he he looks solid. He's whilst the other two Jones and Smalling are out, he looks like the one that's gonna he's gonna um, he's gonna be playing. And Rojo's that point two cheaper, but he's always got that red card in him. You know, he's always got that dodgy challenge, and you know, he just you just think for that extra point two, Baye could be a really good shout.
0: Yeah, and I have to say he's my uh, he's already my transfer I've committed to for this game week. I took out the uh, the ever reliable John Stones for him, so I'm, I'm I'm backing by for the week or Bailey. Uh, okay, yeah. so chaps, we've we've talked there about Man United's options against Burnley and City. Let's move on to the third double game week sides. So we've got Crystal Palace, interesting Palace. They're away at Liverpool and they're home against Tottenham now I think they would have been a lot more attractive fixtures had they been uh, the opposite way because I think the one against Tottenham anyway you slice it is going to be very challenging Liverpool at Anfield always a difficult side to come up against let's come to you first on this one Iceman what do you think of the Palace situation?
1: Well there's there's a few players there which you could go for in this uh, double game in, in the likes of Townsend, Zaha, Ben Teke, uh Hennessy even Ward at the back but in my eyes I don't See that many points here. I think that people are going too overboard about it. They are in form, but I just, I just can't see it. So I'm, just, I just don't think I'm going to go there myself. But I can see why people are doing so. I mean, like with Zaha, he's got 11 attempts in his last five with 10 in the box, but only two of them are on target. So it just shows that he's not necessarily a major goal scorer. He seems to be one for the assist, Zaha. And I know he's been informed recently getting two assists against Arsenal as well. But PVA is back, he's 5 mil. Uh, he came on as a sub in the last game. He, he is risky, but he is one of these players who could score big in these games. I don't think they're going to get any clean sheets from this. So Hennessy would only be one for save points. I don't think he's one for actually going for clean sheet points. But if you're willing to punt on someone like PVA, it's only if he starts ahead of schlup though. That's the big question. But... For me, I think it's too risky going Crystal Palace. With those fixtures, I just think Spurs and Liverpool are going to be too good for him. OK, what about you, Alex? What do you think of this one?
2: Um, yeah, I, I, I definitely think just purely because of the form they're in that an attacking player is a good shout. Iceman's probably named the, main, the 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 front three. Benteke, three in his last four. Possible risky but possible double game week captain for, for someone who's chasing and, and doesn't fancy Ibra. His his stats are his stats are up there. He's had in the last five game weeks. He has. We know he's going to be guaranteed for for ninety minutes both ways. He's got three goals, nineteen shots. He's had seven shots on target. Uh, he's got one assist and he's got seven attempted assists. So his um, his stats are looking good. And we know if there is one game he is going to want to perform at, it's going to be going back to Anfield after what happened yeah, um, yeah. season before last. So. I don't think he is a bad shout at all. Seven point two, if you can fit him in, is your third striker. He would be up there rivaling the Grader, who we talked about earlier on. Personally, I, I brought Zahar in, but I think if I was doing it now, I'd actually be going for Townsend. I think Townsend has been looking really good of late. He's got three assists and one goal in his last three. Uh, he's only two point three percent owned, so he's got he's going to ha- he's probably going to play most of the next two games. That he gets. Two goals and an assist, or a goal and an assist, he's really going to be pushing you on, you know, with some bonus points and and maybe um, and, and the appearance points. I don't think it's it's likely he's going to get a, a clean sheet bonus, but you never know. PVA as you've discussed, three goals and one assist already this season. He got last season. He got six goals and four assists, but of course a little bit of a game time risk coming back from injury, I would certainly punt on him if I was looking for a player. I think the manager loves him, so I can see him taking that left back or even the left wing slot from from now on. So he could be absolutely superb differential. I've gone Ward, 4.8 million. He's the safe, reliable, he's going to play every game. Slightly regretting it for the reasons that Iceman said. I, I sort of now look and think, I don't think they're going to keep clean sheets. So you're just relying on the fact that you're probably going to get four points from, from two, nine, two rounds of 90 minutes. So you never know. We uh, You look look back to the last double game week and it was Stoke that pulled off the unlikeliest of two double game weeks and and were their heroes for lots of people. So so maybe, you know, Palace, because they aren't defending badly at the minute. They just got two very difficult fixtures.
1: Yeah, I'm going to back your shout on Townsend there. I think if you were going out the two, for me, I would go Townsend because he's a streaky player. And like last year, as he did for oh. Newcastle. He went through a, uh, a bit of a period where he was scoring really well, and then I wanted to bring him in. I gave him a shout on the podcast, and then what was it? Parker went for him, and he uh, gained all the benefits from actually having him. Whereas I, I could have brought him in at that point, and I just didn't. I'm thinking, if you're going to go out of the two, I think Townsend is probably a better shout, probably more goal-scoring potential from him. I guess
2: the only other thing to think about is that you know in the last uh, in the last few weeks
1: their fixtures
2: have been equally as bad and they've scored against those teams so they are playing they are a team with confidence and they they've done well against the big teams you know they they played Arsenal beat them three nil they scored against Chelsea so you know they've really got the the chance to uh, they've still they've got the ability to score against those big teams.
0: OK, interesting. So I think you guys have generally gone with my sentiments. I like um, the one thing I'd say as well to add to the Benteke situation is that he's a player that's very much confidence based. And I think recently you've seen goals for Belgium, you've seen goals for Palace. So, And I agree, it's a great point about the, uh, the game at Anfield. He's going to want to go back and prove a few doubters wrong there. So some really nice shouts.
1: Yeah, I just want to quickly mention Sako. He is not eligible to play versus Liverpool, so do not aim to bring him in if you think he's got the double game week. That's a good shout. Okay,
0: chaps, um, we've talked through the teams that have got double game weeks. Now we're just going to give the panel to have a think about any players that, in terms of the opposition they're up against, they might shout as differential options. First of all, when Middlesbrough play against Bournemouth, we've kind of talked about Josh King there, chaps. Have you got anyone else to offer for this one?
1: Uh, no, I think we we went through Bournemouth, really, didn't we? Uh, well, we King, King was yeah. the no. favourite in that one. Yeah.
2: yeah, I think only King's the option there.
0: So on that Sunday fixture on the twenty third, Man United are up against Burnley. Is there any any love for Tom
1: Heaton in this one, or any other Burnley players? No, I don't think anyone's looking at any Burnley players now, are they? So I think uh, no double
2: outside. game week, so
0: yeah. To be fair, I've gone for Hennessy, so even my love of Tom Heaton is going to be lost on this one, and and I'm not going to shout anyone from Burnley. Liverpool playing against Palace, though. Liverpool certainly looking much better of late. A number of their midfielders in form. Chaps, would you call any of the uh, the Liverpool attacking line?
1: Well, I still... I mean, I'm getting rid of uh, Rigi now um, because uh, he's just getting replaced by Sturridge and also I'm a bit worried that Sturridge is going to take his place altogether. But if you've got the likes of Firmino or Coutinho, I think they're worth playing. I reckon... There are points available here and these are the players which probably are going to score high in these double game weeks where people have not got them because they've just got rid of them and they they haven't got any double game weeks till the end of the season. So I think the likes of Coutinho and Firmino, if you've still got them, I I would hang on to them.
2: Yeah, I'd agree with that. Coutinho, three goals in four. Firmino, two goals and three assists in his last five. Fixtures to the end of the season, Palace, Watford, Southampton, West Ham and Borough. So they have got good fixtures. They've got no, well, hopefully no rotation worries. I would certainly be uh, um, happy if I had either of those two to hold them to the end of the season. They could be the uh, the Spurs of last season where we all ditched for double game week and actually they come back and uh, bite us in the arse.
0: OK, and then what about in terms of the, you know, the Sunderland side playing against Middlesbrough? I can't say I've got much confidence in Sunderland now. I think they're very much dead and buried, but can either of you offer a Sunderland player?
2: The only the only shout I've got there is, I picked this up from Fancy Football Fix off Twitter. If you went with the, the Sunderland goalkeeper Pickford and Hulls Yekupovic, £8.2 million that's going to cost you, and till the end of the season, you can have the following. Watford home, Bournemouth away, Sunderland home, Swansea and Arsenal in a double game week. Swansea home last week of the season. You're playing one of them's playing either Tottenham or Chelsea, so that's difficult. But for the other ones, you've got for eight point two million a brilliant rotation and a double game week in there for a bonus.
1: Yeah, that's good
0: advice. Yeah, I think that's a really nice shout on them. Crystal Palace versus Spurs. There should be some shouts here. i will be surprised if I don't hear anything from the panel, Alex.
2: Oh yeah, where do you start? I mean, I'm 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 in all, all in on Spurs attack. I think Kane, especially with the double game week now, he's just looking absolutely superb. Stats are backing that up. He could have had a hat trick last week, was it not for uh, a little bit of good goalkeeping and a little bit of wayward shooting? This is where it gets tricky. You know, where do you have your three th- Spurs? I, I assume most people will now will be going three Spurs. Do you go one defender, one mid, one attacker? Do you double up on the mids and go Kane? Um, I can see pros and cons for all um, I guess a word of warning at the back would be possibly Rose rumours that he may be back sooner than we thought so does that mean that Vertonghen is a better shout yeah, yeah I'm, Rose
1: I'm, is on track for a return to the first team uh, training towards the end of the month oh so uh, you probably got a little bit left of him then yeah and man? would you add anyone from Tottenham uh, well I mean Tottenham are just the best Tottenham team that I have actually ever seen they are playing great football and it's no wonder they're ahead, of, way ahead of Arsenal this year they could have scored eight against Bournemouth I think I, I did watch it and uh, they actually held Bournemouth to a shot on target until the th- Uh, 73rd minute but Kane did get subbed in the last game as as I kind of predicted but I just knew he would score well I think if you've got Kane he might be a potential captain option this week if you're not willing to go for one of the doublers I just feel like he's going to get a goal every game so if I could get him in I would but I just can't quite fit him in yet I just think it's worth bringing him in sooner rather than later because his price is rising and it will go up even further, I believe, this game week. The, the
2: The only thing I'd add to that is, what are your thoughts on Son? I mean, I've I've got him in my team. I picked him up a, a few weeks ago, and, and I'm certainly not going to get rid of at least until I wild card. But is he a rotation risk? Is he likely to uh, to to sort of remain in that game? Because I mean, I watched the game as well, Iceman. Man, and I thought. Kane, Son especially, but also Ericsson and, and Ali. All four of them just link up so nicely. Yeah.
1: Can you see him being dropped? Well, yeah, it's difficult. Isn't it? You can't really drop someone in that type of form. And I think Pochettino as he kept faith in him in the last game, I think he's going to do it again. So I I would keep faith in him if I had him. I wouldn't necessarily bring him because he's not got these doubles coming up. But um, yeah, if you look at Tottenham's fixtures in those in those doubles it's not bad they got man united at home and then leicester away in that double game week 37 so it's just they they have got four away games in the last remaining games to finish the season so that is that is tricky for them and, and their
2: home games are arsenal and man united yeah. so so from that point of view it you know may, may be spreading the in the love and getting one defender, one mid and one attacker is, is the way to go.
1: Yeah, well that's what I've got at the moment, but I've got Davis, so um, it's, it's when Rose is going to come back as well.
0: Yeah, I just to add on the Son point, I was going to actually pose that question, so I do there, Alex, but um, I think my view would be if you've got him, I'd keep him, he's just in such good form, um, I think Poch will find a way to accommodate them. and to be fair now, even when Son comes on, if he is coming off the bench, he has a genuine chance of scoring, so I, I wouldn't ditch Son, I'd, I'd stick. Yeah. Okay. So that's um, that's if we were looking at Spurs against Palace. Finally, Manchester City. Now, the only player I would suggest from from here, from my personal perspective, I mean, there's more than one player, but um, I think if you've got Aguero, there really is a decision to make here about whether you rotate for Ibrahimovic. Um, I really like Aguero's fixtures moving forward. And this is the only thing that's providing me a dilemma as to whether. I take him out for this one to accommodate Ibrahimović. So Aguero moving forward for the next few weeks. Man United home, but then Middlesbrough away. Crystal Palace at home. And then for the rest of the season, you've got um, Leicester, West Brom and Watford. So with those kind of fixtures coming up and the guy scoring every week, again, he's still not getting more than one. He's he's certainly not the man of old, but I don't know. He's just providing a bit of a dilemma for me. What What do you think, Iceman?
1: Yeah, it's it's a difficult one for me as well. Again, on the eye, it's not that effective, but if you look at his stats, he's and about the highest for shots on target, etc. He played quite well in the last game, I thought. For me, I'm going to hang on to him. I just I can see Man City. They seem to be one of the highest shooting teams. And he is involved in quite a lot. And if you look at um, his stats in just the last game alone, he got six attempts on goal, with only one of them being on target. But it just shows he is in, in and around that. So it's, it's, it is really difficult. I'm, I'm not... I'm not entirely sure. For now, I'm going to keep. I know he's playing United and it's probably a tough game for him. Might be worth an actual transfer out to Kane this week. But I don't know. I just kind of want to hang on to him for for the rest of his games going forward. Yeah, I mean, you look at...
2: Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, I was looking at his stats earlier. and I mean, in the last five, he's out of the big strikers, 26 shots, eight shots on target, and interesting nine attempted assists. So his play has changed from goal scorer to actually trying to provide assists as well. Um, I, I personally don't own him and, and I probably won't be going back there just because I don't feel he's worth the value because he's, you know, for the, the the Aguero we want is scoring two, three goals. And maybe the stats suggest that he will be doing that. But I mean, I've watched some of his games lately, and he just doesn't seem to be the same Aguero that we're used to seeing, you know, the one that is worth thirteen million odd pounds. Um the the player I like and also the other point on that is um Jesus is back in training now. I'm not sure if he's back training with the, the first team squad just yet, but at eight point seven million, I mean could we see him coming back in as an option towards the end of the season, you know, that, that could be interesting because he looked very good before he obviously got his injury. Certainly not for this week, obviously. I do like Sane. I, I think he looks really good and he seems very much um, the type of player that uh, Guardiola likes having in his team. Um, he started the last sev- uh, started the last 11 with four goals and two assists and he's only 7.6 million. Other than KDB, I think the other midfielders are all a bit too much of a rotation risk at the minute. Um, and KDB at 10.4, I mean, he looks superb against Southampton, yeah, he did, but yeah. um, I, I'm just not sure I'd be prepared to go there. So... Yeah, it's it's a tricky one because they do have great fixtures between now and the end of the season.
1: Yeah, I think these are players. If uh, I don't know if you're ch- not choosing anyone else from the double game weekers, and, and you've lost your wild card already, maybe Sane might be might be an option because he's around that price bracket of the Siggy bracket. If you're wanting to remove mm. Siggy, uh, but yeah, he ha- he has had uh, he's completed thirty two take ons in two thousand and seventeen. Sane, it just shows he loves to run with the ball and get forward. Mm.
2: The, the only other thing would be is, I mean, company coming back into that back line. Um, I, I think if he can stay fit, and, and that's a, a massive if, he uh, will secure that back line. I mean, at 5.9, we saw what that goal meant to him on, on Saturday. Yeah. He's he's expensive, but if he can get fit, he's definitely going to secure up the back line. I'm not sure what that does for Stones. I mean, I think most City fans would like to see Stones and company playing together. So that Stones sort of gets the experience of being next to a player like Company, I think that will do in the world of good. But, you know, I think Stones was injured, hence why he didn't play on Saturdays. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, he was. He was injured.
0: Bloody useless, John Stones. <laughs> no, I guess that's a great point on Vincent Company. The difference he makes to a uh, Manchester City back four is just there to be seen. He's exactly what Guardiola's needed all season. He is effectively his PK. So, um, yeah, yeah I, ho- I hope he keeps fit because I-, I do absolutely love company as a centre-half. He's just got everything for me. Yeah, agreed, chap. So that brings us to the end of the discussion on the Double Game Week teams. Now, because this has gone on for quite a while, for your listening pleasure, uh, what we're going to do is actually split the podcast into two this week so this first one we're going to label a and just sort of generally cap it as a discussion around the double game week fixtures we're going to produce another podcast b for this week which is going to discuss the remaining few fixtures so it'll be a little bit shorter but um if you're not interested in those then you don't have to listen but if you do want to hear what we think about the other remaining fixtures for this week tune into the second part of the fantasy football surgery podcast
1: okay i'm just going to stop it now i'm just going to go for a piss. <laughs>
0: Lovely.